0: you yeah.
1: Everything old is new again. America's entertainment pop culture talk show. It may well possess a rudimentary intelligence. I'm trying to think, but nothing happens. Tell the great disturbance in the force. Hello,
2: I'm Mr. Ray. Come on, mark like a dog, for me. Where's the goodies?
1: Leave the gun. Take the Canali.
3: I bet you wouldn't have done anything like this if Mom and Dad were here. You
1: filthy criminal. Excuse me while I whip this out. Go ahead. Make my day. Here are your hosts, Douglas Viviani and Dick. David Cohen.
2: You know, you could talk your head off all day and never miss it. Too bad the closest you'll ever come to a brainstorm is a light drizzle. You know, you'd make a fortune renting your head out as a balloon. Last time I saw a mouth that big, it had a fish hook in it. Oh, yeah? You couldn't even count to 20 without taking off your shoes. You've got a great face for radio.
1: (laughs) That last one is actually true for myself. Douglas Viviani here on Everything Old is New Again. Uh, Sans David Cohen could not make this uh, tremendous event that we have today. We're going to have a lot of fun. Does that sound familiar? This week, we've got the privilege of spending some time with the most prolific and recognizable animated-voiced artists in my book since... Mel Blanc. For anyone watching cartoons in the 1990s, you know Rob Paulson. You may not um, may not know the name, but you know the sound. You know the voices of Pinky from Pinky and the Brain, Yakko from the Animaniacs, Raphael, and later Donatello from Teenage, Mid- Mu- <laughs> Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and over a thousand more voices after winning an, an, an Emmy Annie Peabody Award. The... Uh, I would say the the pinnacle of Rob's career, he was dealt with an unfair and serious turn of events where he, he suffered throat cancer. Um, Mr. Paulson survived that challenge and now tells his story in his memoir, Voice Lessons, a book that we're going to talk about for a moment here. Uh, he, he spoke about that back in October 9th, 2020, on Everything Old is New Again, and I'll tell you... Um, it's a great inspirational book. We'll talk about that in a moment. Uh, the name of it is Voice Lessons. Besides that, though, the Animaniacs had, have returned to Hulu, the revival of Steven Spielberg's show that has new episodes airing some 30 years after the original debut, I believe it was 1993, and that's not all. <laughs> He's touring now with a live show called Animaniacs in Concert, performing live music all over the country. Welcome back to Everything Old is New again, Rob Paulson.
2: Well, hello, Douglas. and firstly, <laughs> thank you for lowering your entertainment standards on behalf of you and your audience to uh, accommodate yours truly. I am thrilled to be back here, and uh, actually, as they say at my age, I'm thrilled to be anywhere,
1: there so we thanks go. for me. <laughs> and speaking of that, it runs right into my first comment, because since the last time we were together, uh, without going into details, I certainly also had uh, a challenge, serious challenge with health and with uh, a similar situation with respect to your throat cancer. And um, and the book, Voice Lessons, which I had read previously and I reread through different times that I had to uh, go through to, to become healthy again, uh, was an inspiration because the attitude that you had was the same attitude that I had with the people that were helping me were not the enemy. Uh, and and you, you really uh, brought that out. You also have a, a great attitude about life that that kind of permeates that book. So in some way, I just wanted to say thank you and also tell others that if there's a difficult time in life, certainly this book can, uh, can be a resource, if that makes sense.
3: Well, thank you. <clears throat> my goodness. I truly, um, <clears throat> I don't know that you could have paid me a higher compliment, my friend. Um, as you mentioned earlier, this is the second time I've had the privilege of speaking with you and to know that, um, my book that i that uh, all the heavy lifting of which was done by my co-writer mike fleeman but to know that um, our book gave you some measure of comfort and maybe even inspired you a little bit is (laughs) is a compliment for which i can never appropriately thank you so Thank you very much it's very kind of you my, my
1: pleasure it was I just tell the truth here and it, it's, uh, it's it's something that I would uh, I would have said uh, whether had been on the show or not I would have sent you a note what have you but I wanted to let the audience know you know again we're going to talk about other things but voice lessons is a book that you can get on Amazon of course still now and dive into it it is well worth your time further since we were here the 90, uh, 1993 Animaniacs now. Uh, are revived for two years and for is a third year that you've been renewed yeah. for so a, a tough question here but easy for you I think what is it about this show that makes it so special that we think and all kind of including Steven Spielberg uh, dive into and enjoy so much what makes it such a uh, a, a work of uh, what would you say a work of art that that makes us want to enjoy this over and over and over again and why is it coming back 30 years later stronger than ever
3: well i think the short answer and you've kind of already touched on it is uh, steven spielberg mr spielberg is the unquestioned in my view king of hollywood and the gentleman certainly knows what he's doing um the show was created originally by the genius of our friend Tom Ruger many years ago, but it was Steven, uh, along with uh, Sam Register, the current head of Warner Brothers Animation, who said about, I don't know, four years ago, hey, I reckon we should do this again. What do you guys think? And of course, we, the, the actors couldn't say yes quickly enough. But I think the fact that Mr. Spielberg uh, saw uh how well animaniacs was doing on social not social media but the new streaming sites i think it was up on on netflix for a while uh and it just exploded um and mr spielberg saw that i was out doing a lot of personal appearances i could still sing united states canada mexico panama Haiti, jamaica peru people would still do what you were doing which is smiling and um the other actors muff and the brain maurice Lamash and uh jess harnell who was wacko and tress mcneil uh, dot uh are still working every day can handle it and it was he who made it happen and um i'll tell you what the most glorious aspect of it now is that we have two sometimes three generations of fans who really love animaniacs we have people who are probably in their 40s or 50s now, who really dug it 25 years ago when they were in college or high school. And now they have their own children. And often their parents were turned on to animaniacs and Pinky in the Brain, just like my mom and dad used to watch Looney Tunes and The Flintstones and Rocky and Bullwinkle. And when I had uh, children, we would all get a kick out of kill the wabbit, kill the wabbit know, whatever. Um, And now the same thing is happening with Animaniacs. The the fan base is exponentially larger than the first go around. Mr. Spielberg's genius, in part, I believe, is in hiring the right people and then turning them loose. And he did that with our showrunner, Wellesley Wilde, and his right-hand man, Gabe Swar, and their incredible team of writers, many of whom grew up watching Animaniacs. So they totally get it and i'll tell you what you are very kind in highlighting a lot of um, creative endeavors on your show but it's pretty difficult to find something that's comparable to this animaniacs reboot to have something that was an unqualified success 25 years ago a generation ago uh, new episodes having not been uh, created in the context of pinking the brain or animaniacs since 1999 and we have the show again on Hulu, and it's a hit and it's an unqualified hit. It's really remarkable to find anything that or difficult I should say to find anything that's that remarkable in, in terms of shows that have been brought back with the original cast and a new crop of writers and a giant built in audience. So again, the short answer is Steven Spielberg and the and the the, the moral is don't ever bet against Steven
1: <laughs> well yeah I'll tell you that and don't ever be, uh, bet against yourself and, and the talent that's put into the show because uh, there are what happens is and we see this on everything old is new again of course that there are reboots and remakes and so forth and yeah. even they try again to go back to the well and if you don't have the talent in place uh, it, it's never going to work so it just gels your your cast uh, and, and crew I'm sure uh, gel like uh like they did back in the day and yes. you know, the new writers are some new blood and i, I will talk about in, in another section i've got a couple of clips i want to talk about the show and what it's like but let's just for the last couple of moments here talk about that there's a live version, so to speak, a live concert, if we want to call it that. Yeah. That you can see and look for the schedule at, before we run out of time, animaniacslive.com, animaniacslive.com. We're in a lot of these cities, so I'm going to throw this out there just for a moment, then we'll we re- reiterate a few. But January 21, in the Warner Theater in Washington, D.C., the theater at Westbury in New York, january 22 which is where i will be seeing the show with my kids uh the walmont theater at montclair new jersey fitzgerald theater in saint paul minnesota Capitol uh, center in and i'm going to butcher this but i'll try it in uh manitowoc <laughs> wisconsin there we go <laughs> pabst theater in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. The Royal Oak Theater in Royal Oak, Michigan. The Agora Theater in Cleveland. We're in all those locations. So come on out and watch and get involved with this show because it is uh, a lot of fun. I want to leave you uh, for a, a moment here uh, with a little bit of, um, uh, of some, some song. And we'll talk about why we're talking about song and and enjoying uh, the Animaniacs live when we get back right here. And everything old is new again with Rob Paulson. <laughs>
2: Save me to the max So just sit back and
1: relax you're listening to Everything Old is New Again, America's entertainment pop culture talk show with Douglas Viviani and David Cohen. The students got together and they made Clem Cadiddlehopper a doctor of foolology.
2: <laughs> so at this time, we would like to introduce you now to our friend Clem Cadiddlehopper. Well, my wife is a lovely lady. She's, uh, she's, she's only, uh, she's only uh, 21. Of course, that's uh, 150 for you and me.
1: Of course, because he's a, a dog, if you don't get the joke. Welcome back to Everything <laughs> Old is New Again. Uh, we are having some fun with Rob Paulson talking about uh, live Animaniacs in concert. Uh, com is the website to grab your tickets. Uh, that is a Red Skeleton. Uh, it goes all the yeah. way back. I remember visiting my grandfather back in the day. Maybe this was, I guess, uh, early 70s, late 60s. Watching Red Skelton, and and for some reason I think he he kind of reverberates around Animaniacs a little bit. Only in that I think he's an influence of yours in some way. Am I wrong, right, or um, what do I? You are on?
3: spot on. Clem Kadiddlehopper, Hopper, uh, Gertrude and Heathcliff, too Gertrude and Heathcliff toothy gold. <laughs> I used to love watching Red Skelton on his CBS show. Jonathan Winters, Red Skelton, Carol Burnett, Harvey corman Tim Conway, their whole group. The pythons, Peter Sellers, I feel, is my spirit animal. Um, all those folks have had a profound influence, not only in yours truly, but uh, in thousands of other performers. And boy, what a pleasure to be included on a show with a clip from Red Skelton. Thanks, man. You- my
1: day. <laughs> we do do different radio. That's for sure. Try to put some, yeah. uh, you know, fun back into the radio. And you're doing that uh, with the Animaniacs on stage. You do it with uh, with your book. You do it with television. So uh, we're cross crossing all uh, all genre here. I'm enjoying that. And and I think one that you left out that also was uh, a pleasure for me to watch as a kid on the D. Martin Rose and on D. show. Uh, Foster Brooks. Easy,
3: Foster a Brooks.
0: You have to have ner- nerves of steel. The brain is a very delicate pe- Or... Organ. It has three...
3: Three... Three main... Po- main parts. It has a cer- The cerebrum. And, uh, <laughs> The cerebrum. <laughs> and then there's one... One more. The, uh... Oh, uh, what the heck do call it? Uh, it. I'll know it when I see it. <laughs>
1: There we go. Some old school <laughs> entertainment there. Oh,
3: I love Foster Brooks. I, I make my friend Mo Maurice Lamar's crack up all, all the time doing a bad impre- impression of Foster Brooks. God, that guy just used to slay me. The Dean Martin Roast were with Rickles and Foster Brooks and uh, oh God, they were spectacular.
1: Great stuff and great characters. And you also mentioned Jonathan Winters. And I'm, I'm mentioning all of these because I want to try to dive into your your brain a little bit here, into the way that you uh, voice and/or animate or create these characters. Because, of course, who was speaking about created characters and and in their own way and uh, and so was that something that was when you grew up was ingrained in the back of your mind that I want to do characters? Is it something that just came out from a mistake? Or how did you develop uh, the skill to to incorporate all these different voices into different looks and different characters.
3: Well, I think, I think that it was, it's not that unusual for a lot of people who end up doing what you or I do. I mean, we're in the same business We're we're in the information and happy business. And I think what happens when you're a young performer is you, you do these characters, you sing, you dance, you do it simply because it makes your soul happy. Sometimes you find that it gets the attention of a girl or a boy that you're interested in. Other times that you find that your parents really get a kick out of it. You're, aunts and uncles and then you get to the place where they ask you you know hey go ahead and sing amazing grace again for everybody and you think oh my <laughs> gosh I, 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 I've created a monster I was no different I think the thing that maybe made it a little more sort of uh, was inculcated into yours truly was that I can almost I can almost feel a chemical sense of joy that happens when I when I nail something that really is exciting to me and the fact is that it's addictive I love laughing, I, I, we all do, and I know that's not anything unique, but I find that if I don't laugh a lot, I don't feel good. I mean, it's, it's so strange, but it was something that from a very young age made itself clear to me. And then I would look for reasons to be funny. I would look for reasons to sing in character. I would look for reasons to emulate Red Skelton or whomever and found out pretty quickly that I could rip off little bits and pieces of characters that I saw that were created by Jonathan Winters, Red Skelton, Peter Sellers, Peter Ustinov, you name it, and uh, Johnny Carson. And I would rip off little bits and pieces and make them my own and, and tweak them and add dialects and characters. I would start to mess around with dialects even when they sucked. But I learned that I could create a character with a bad impression of someone else's perfect impression. That the fact that I wasn't perfect doing what Red Skeleton had just done perfectly didn't matter. I could create my own stuff. That's what ended up taking a hold of me. I didn't really come to LA uh, 40 odd years ago with the idea of being involved in animation. I came out here ostensibly to do live action and music. I was a singer first and that's what I was doing. But then I lived that axiom as many of us do that opportunity and preparation equals luck and so the fact that i had driven to la from michigan and loaded my car with all my stuff and took relatively intact ego and and drove out here and was blown away by all the people i met and surrounded myself with people who were so much more gifted than i and i think that was one of the smartest things i could have ever done was to not be dissuaded by how talented the people are i whom i met out here and to learn from them. But yeah, I was out doing my normal stuff, TV, movies, a lot of commercials, and the opportunity arose to read for animation. I jumped at it because I just wanted to work. Everybody likes cartoons. One thing led to another, and it became clear that I was getting pretty good at this. And so, as I just said, the opportunity and the preparation enabled me to get lucky. But, and here we are 30 years later, and now I just do animation, and I'm thrilled to death.
1: There also must be something where you've seen enough of these uh, characters being developed by uh, yeah. these individuals we talked about, and, it be, and more, and, it, and it sort of... Gets into your mind and your background, and you may not even know consciously what you're doing all the time when you try to tell a joke or when you, you know, try to in- inhabit a character. Uh, it's just like it's it's almost like the foundation's there, and you don't need to tap into it because automatically you are tapping into it. If that makes sense. Um, it does. And I see you. I see you doing that. Real fun clip. On Vanity Fair YouTube website, where oh, you, thank where, you. <laughs> where you looked at a bunch of photographs, or not really photos, but uh, characters, characterizations yeah. of uh, of comic, if you will, animated characters, and then created voices right then and there for them. I had some fun listening to that, uh, and I'm just wondering. Have you done that before? Have you done it since? Is it just something that you had fun with? But the, the more larger picture is, wow, what a talent to be able to just take a look at these, I think it was 12, uh, pictures and just create 12 different characters on the spot right then and there.
3: Thank you. Yeah. Uh, well, it's part of the way this particular gig works. That is to say, when we get an opportunity to audition, um, Doug, we get uh, different angles of the characters to look at. Um, we also get generally a script or at least uh, bits and pieces of the script to let us know how, what these characters are about, how they interact with other characters in the script. Um, and so the improv chops that I have come into play pretty regularly. And that particular thing with uh, Vanity Fair was an awful lot of fun. That's what I like. I I love the opportunity to play like that. And we do that at work all the time. And when you're surrounded by people like Maurice LaMarche and Tress McNeil and Frank Welker and Peter Cullen and and Billy West and John DiMaggio and it just it just it's impossible to not be inspired and they all do that they all will take a look at something and they just start to riff and uh, one thing leads to another and it ends up with a character and if it works and the writing is solid and um the character renderings work well and the 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 acting is where it needs to be then sometimes you have characters that end up being like bugs bugs is 80. and you and I can watch bugs all damn day long and be entertained the fact that uh, the people who created that stuff have been dead for years notwithstanding it's good stuff is good stuff and when everybody is able to do their job at a high level it doesn't matter that whether it's whether you're watching Beckett or whether you're watching One Froggy Evening, it's created at a very high level and it is utterly timeless.
1: And it's amazing then to to be able to uh, on another level, if you're a fan, and even if you're not, don't get me wrong. But if you're a fan of what we've been talking about, Animaniacs Live makes it come alive. Of course, there's a different element because there's music, and we'll talk about that in the next section. Mm-hmm. But tell us what we're going to see on stage well, first when you go.
2: Thank you. You're not going to see a tribute
3: band. You're <laughs> going to see the real McCoy, which really is kind of cool when you think about it. Because for years, Warner Brothers has had Bugs on Broadway, where they'll they'll do big cartoons. You know, a giant screen and a full orchestra will play uh, um, um, Carl Stalling and Milt Franklin's incredible music with all these classic cartoons. But obviously, you're not, you know, you're seeing essentially an evening's long uh, worth of world-class talent in in both the performers and on screen, but it's a tribute band. You can't see Mel Blanc and Carl Stalling, but with Animaniacs in concert, you can. You can see Rob Paulson and Randy Rogel, who created and uh, who wrote most of the songs people know from Animaniacs, including United
2: States, Canada, Mexico, Panama, Haiti, Jamaica, Peru, and it's a great big universe and we're all really puny. We're just tiny little specks about the size of Mickey Rooney. And so
3: when you can really see and hear the real guys, it's pretty cool. We have two hours of Randy's music. We tell stories about how the songs were created. We do probably three or four songs that never made it to the show, and you scratch your head because they're all spectacular. Um, Now, we've included Maurice Lamar. So we have Pinky and the Brain along with us at these live shows that you were so kind to mention. And Randy has written music and proprietary bits
2: for Pinky and the Brain right there. So when you're coming to hear all these songs, you hear brand new ones from Pinky and the Brain.
3: And I guarantee you that the audience reflects the... uh, uh, breadth of ages that you and I have touched on. There will be at every one of the shows, there will be eight and nine-year-olds, and there will be 70 and 75-year-olds. And it is the most gratifying thing in the world. And everyone, I guarantee it, will leave exhausted from laughing and singing. It's just spectacular. And Randy's music is from another planet. And now that Mr. Sondheim has left the building, I I have to say Randy's got my vote for um, King of Lyrics. He's a remarkable talent.
1: Great stuff. AnimaniacsLive.com. AnimaniacsLive.com. We'll be back in a few minutes with Everything Old is Do Again with Rob Paulson.
2: Norway and Sweden and Iceland and Finland.
1: Let's see if we can get a little bit of advice from the master yeah, himself. I understand. Dr. Watson, I, can, I understand completely where you're from. This guy just bows like that. I got to deal with He's an absolute nut. The Sherlock pumpkin Holmes... Head. don't listen to these guys. The Sherlock Holmes, right. take a, he's taking all the credit. These it's unbelievable. These are legitimate. They're all legitimate, I'm telling you. Uh, pumpkin head. I'll give you a little piece of advice. Get as far away from this gentleman as you can. Oh, man. No, that was great.
3: In fact, you know, you guys are really good. I, really. No, honestly... Uh, It was great. What you did was a blast. You guys should continue to do that. I don't know how often you do it on your show, but it's not only fun, but it's fun for the audience because you... You guys are good.
1: Welcome back to Everything Olds New Again, getting the highest compliment you can get from Rob Paulson here, uh, who is, by the way, touring with Live Animaniacs in concert, AnimaniacsLive.com. They're in Westbury. They're in New Jersey. They're in Minnesota. They're in Wisconsin. They're in Ohio. All the locations that we are broadcasting to and more. It's worth the drive, even if you're not that close, because I'm telling you, i having a lot of fun at this show. But I have to tell you, back at show number 348... Everything Old is New Again. Uh, you, you can listen to iHeartRadio and listen to our old archived shows. But there, Rob, you, have have to tell you, have created a monster by Hi. giving us any bit of compliments whatsoever. And what we then did, <laughs> it's very silly, but our audience really reacted to it exactly as you said uh, they would. They enjoyed oh, yeah. it. And what we did was then we took that... Sort of compliment. And we said, let's uh, figure, fictitiously speak. We're going to bring in a, a young lady who is the artistic director of the Maplewood players in new jersey and critique our characters as we go so i wanted to play that for you for a few moments and then get you we're actually going somewhere with this believe it or not and it does relate i'm
3: so glad that makes me so happy because you guys were good and the audience loves that that you let them in on something they love that they get a chance to be exposed to something that's brand new and it's fun for you and and it's clear that it's fun for you that's why they like it
1: Thank you. I'm going to torture everybody for about two minutes and 15 seconds of an oldest show and I want to get a critique uh, from Rob and it will lead into something, believe it or not, that's relevant to the Animaniacs and AnimaniacsLive.com. AnimaniacsLive.com. While you're listening, pull it up on your computer and buy some tickets right now.
3: Well for those of us who are not fluent in Spanish, um, there are subtitles.
1: I'm going to be reading a book on the screen for 14 hours, you're telling me. Okay, Michelle, we just heard a bit of barbecue guy and fondue guy. So what do you say?
2: Well,
0: I would say that we have two levels of technique and skill here. I would say the person who portrayed the barbecue guy has a very, very advanced, maybe even... um, an intrinsic uh, understanding of the focus and concentration and emotional truth uh, that you need to build when you're creating a character. Um, I would say the the other fellow uh, that was playing the fondue guy, as you say, is a bit superficial, isn't really digging deep at character motivations, it just sounds like putting on the accoutrements of the trappings of a character without really having that subtext
1: I'm gonna go in one more layer here because I see what you're saying here how about a clip of barbecue and fondue guys imitating each other let's see what the skill is like the skill level of being able to ca- carry the okay. characters through something of that sound like a, to me that would be kind of difficult to do let's let's hear say it again toast it what I'm gonna I'm gonna read it like barbecue guy though all right here we go F- you F- ready guy what yeah, go yeah, ahead. Exactly. There we go.
3: So you take your eight ounces of bittersweet chocolate. You chop it. You got a cup and a half. And then a cup of heavy cream right there. You got it? You got
1: it? You follow along now. And then three tablespoons of bourbon. It's optional, but I say let's do it anyway. I'm going to have to answer you like the fondue guy. Let's see what the fondue guy will respond to. Take a yes. bag of. <laughs> I know what I. I know what I. <laughs> Take a bag of marshmallows. Marshmallows. I I now have a headache. Then you basically put it on the floor, you stomp on it with both feet, throw it on a barbecue, and there you go. That doesn't sound... That does not sound very appetizing to me. In fact, as far as I'm concerned, I'd like to have a glass of wine, some Beaujolais, (laughs) and a little fondue, and that's all I would like to have. Can I say that is the most intelligent statement I've ever heard you speak? There we go. There, Michelle, what do you think?
0: I think... The person who portrayed—he was the, originally the barbecue guy, and then he—he he was, you know, inhabiting the the fondue guy. I just want to—did he go to a—did a, a, he go to Yale Drama or NYU School of Acting? Because I'm—I'm I'm actually pretty blown away at how he can go back, back and forth from the characters. I'm stunned. Uh, I would suggest the other fellow who did the reverse fondue to barbecue maybe wants to come in on my Zoom acting coaching classes for a little refresher of
1: course. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> sorry about that. But uh, uh, Rob Paulson, uh, the, the whole thing was inspired, if you will, by your uh, uh, compliments of us and pushing us through this. And we had, uh, we had a whole show of Michelle critiquing as if you did. We sort of took off from you. So uh, we had some fun and I wanted to uh, ask oh. you. Well, first of all, a reaction why not and then I have a question
3: sure oh and my reaction is it is great I love that but I, I love that Michelle got to use all these hundred dollar words like intrinsic and accoutrement I think that's pretty pretty classy the bottom line is like I said earlier I'm in a happy business and when you guys started riffing it just made me smile I couldn't help it I couldn't stop I loved to hear what you were doing I'm an audience member. You are offering us theater of the mind. You are offering us the opportunity to create in our minds what you two guys look like. Moreover, you're having a great time doing it. And you're not, one of the things that I liked about what I heard the first time you did it for me a couple of years ago, was that you were not afraid of being bad. What I mean by that is not that you were bad, but you weren't worried about it. And that's a huge, Part of the equation, especially when you're doing improv, which is what you were doing. You guys didn't have a script; you just started doing stuff. If you have a script, you might highlight bullet points and go around and you know uh, have a general idea of what you're doing, but you move forward. But you're not afraid to screw it up, and that's where the magic happens. Because if you're if you're very ten- tense, if you think, "Oh my God, I can't! That was stupid. That was really awful," you can't do that. And uh, I read a quote once from Robert Redford, and it's true: you're only as good as you dare to be bad. And I think that that is part and parcel of why you guys are entertaining when you do it. You've got a great sense of humor about it. You may take your work seriously, but you don't take that part of it seriously because you're there to enjoy it. If you enjoy it, the audience will too. And I'm telling you, man, you guys got something. So keep it up.
1: Thank you, Mr. Paulson. I appreciate that. And I'll say, Mr., because it, it comes back from an area of res- total respect, and I appreciate that. The reason why I go into all of that and uh, and where we're going with this is that on stage on AnimaniacsLive.com, you mentioned improv, uh, but also certainly there's a script for the music that you're performing. But what yes. happens there? You've got the music. What happens in between? Are you bringing the characters to light? Are, is there any improv? Is there a script? What are we, what are we diving into when we get into this theater?
3: Yes, in fact, although we're all there to see Warner Brothers stuff, people know uh, many of the characters that I've done that are outside the realm of Warner Brothers, and we bring those guys up too, those critters up too. Carl Carl Weiser from Jimmy Neutron shows up and has a great time with the audience. We do Q&A. So Raphael and Donatello, the turtles show up. Obviously, Yakko and Pinky show up and Dr. Scratch and Sniff from Animaniacs all that as well. We also, when we bring Maurice LaMarche out, with Maurice, not only is he the brain, but he went back-to-back primetime Emmys for his work on Futurama. He's uh, Kip Croker and Morbo the News cancer, caster and Blur um, and all these incredibly wonderful characters. Um, he was in, played the Harold Ramis character in Ghostbusters. And people just love that stuff because we have this breadth of characters between the, between the two of us. And the audience, due to nice people like you and social media and the Internet have done a little bit of homework. And so they come out there and find out that Maurice LaMars has been Toucan Sam for 35 years and that he uh, was um, um, you know, he took over for Mel Blanc and did Foghorn Leghorn forever on on recent Looney Tunes stuff. So all of that comes up. We improvise together. We play. As I said, Randy has written proprietary pieces that no one's ever heard until they come to the shows uh, specifically for not only yakko to sing we do brand new songs that people have never heard for uh, animaniacs and a brand new song and a brand new four or five minute bit that randy wrote just for the live show for pinky and the brain and we play a lot we make it a point to do q a and inevitably if somebody asks a question it lights mo and me and randy up to go down a path that nobody ever sees coming not unlike what you and dave do when you get That's exactly how improv happens. Somebody throws something out and you start going, and then Carl starts riffing with Yakko and Pinky, and one thing leads to another, and it just becomes glorious. And I'm not afraid of screwing it up. Even if I screw it up, it turns out that it's funny, and, and you do it with commitment and joy and it's entertaining that's why everyone's there
1: and are we going to then see is it possible that yako would interact with donatello or something like that characters that they would never see it so to speak or hear interacting together
3: absolute carl will say hey donatello i heard that you're the you're the genius turtle but you're a lousy fighter and donatello says let me tell you something you come down and have a hot fudge marshmallow and tuna fish doritos pizza and you tell me how tough you can handle it yeah all that stuff happens and it's Every show is a little bit different because the audience is different. We have a clear idea of what we're going to do, but we are not regimented to it. One show might be an hour and 58 minutes. The next show might be two hours and seven minutes. It is always a blast.
1: AnimaniacsLive.com, AnimaniacsLive.com. We'll be back on Everything Old is New again for one more session with Rob Paulson. Rundle, Lesotho,
2: and Malawi, Togo. The Spanish You're listening to everything old is new again, including me, because
1: we have the reboot.
2: That is the Animaniacs, coming November 20th on Hulu.
1: People used to say there were better drummers than me, even in the Beatles. People can be real jerks.
2: You know, I was always more of a George guy anyway. How about I go back to being the rapier wit who carries this whole operation, and you go back to being the paint-by-numbers wannabe artiste? Hmm? And while you're at it, why don't you cut your ear off? I've heard of abstract animation, but this is ridiculous!
1: Uh, Welcome back to Everything Old is New Again. That is the Animaniacs 2021. We have the voice of Yakko himself, Rob Paulson here. And uh, that may or may not translate because, and I'm going to expand upon that, that's just a peek into, if you haven't seen this show, how thoughtful it is. It is animation. That does not mean that it's only for children. There's reference there, of course, to the Beatles that um, my son would get, but there are some younger people that would not. Uh, there's certainly reference there to uh, Picasso and to uh, Salvador Dali I believe and others uh, in terms of artistic work and you see the way um, They represent that in the Animaniacs on Hulu in the in that episode with the animation itself There's a use of a computer animation program there that they kind of breaking down the fourth wall and having us as the audience see uh, this character just kind of have trouble with his writer and uh, trying to move along. And it's, it's so creative and so different. It does remind me of, of Bugs Bunny on some level. The early ones weren't necessarily just for children. And they had a Humphrey Bogart and different other references and things. So we're here with Rob Paulson. And I want to ask you, am I on the mark or not with respect to trying to describe Animaniacs 2021 that's on Hulu right now?
3: Yes, you are on the mark. And um, you've kind of said it in so many words. And the idea is not to condescend to the audience. The idea is whether or not the audience gets it, quote unquote, is not the issue. The issue is let's be clever. Um, Let's try to lampoon some sacred cows and let's assume that the audience will get it, whether it's now or 20 years from now. And I don't think that that's dissimilar to the way Bugs and Rocky and Bullwinkle the um, um, Flintstones, all of that stuff was written on several different levels. And that was the uh, the genius of Animaniacs in the first go around was it, it never condescended to the audience. And now when I meet people in their 30s and 40s who liked it when they were in high school and college uh, or maybe even in junior high and didn't get certain cultural references and now they get them and their kids your most kids wouldn't know who Van Gogh is or who Salvador Dali is or who Picasso is um by the time maybe maybe when they get in high school but they could be watching Animaniacs now and just enjoy it the parents can watch it not want to blow their brains out because they know they're going to get something smart and that is uh, part and parcel of what makes Animaniacs or other shows that don't condescend to the audience successful that they're they're built Uh, absolutely to to uh, appeal to people at different levels in their lives. And why not? Because we assume this stuff would be around forever long after I'm gone.
1: And I'll tell you, it's, it's so true because I was watching that episode in particular with uh, my son Leo's nine, my daughter Angelica's twelve, and they were getting on a certain level. Now Angelica's not a Beatles fan, but boy, did did uh, did Leo get the reference immediately? He looked at me. We had just seen Get Back and so forth.
3: Oh, uh, my God! <laughs> so, gonna... yeah.
1: So it was so relevant, and he was he was so excited. He was like he kind of couldn't believe that his show was referencing something that Dad loves, and of course that. Dad that dragged leo into loving you know what i mean Isn't
3: that the greatest and you are absolutely pointing out what makes this so precious is that uh it is a show that is by design for everyone it is about watching the shows with your kids it's about spending time together with your family um you know when when uh, uh my son was little and, and Beavis and Butthead was around. There was about, I think he watched it, and this has nothing to do with Mike Judge, who's a brilliant guy. I love King of the Hill. Right. Great right. show. But but Beavis and Butthead was kind of a one note thing. It was, you know, they say boobs, or they'd say fart or whatever. And my kid, after about his third or fourth episode, he'd say, well, I know it's coming. And I'm kind of like, and he just sort of naturally lost interest in it. Um, but that's not the case with a show like, King of the Hill or the show like Animaniacs or the show like um uh, uh Rick and Morty where you find all these little Easter eggs that continue to pop up and that you can watch them with your kids now there are certain shows that are not appropriate and I totally understand that as well but Animaniacs I think walks a pretty good line of being able to be appropriate for young folks and old folks and maybe pushing the envelope a little bit to get the old folks attention older folks attention and you may even say, "Trust me, you'll understand this one day." But there are other things that there for the kids to like, whether it's the music or dropping an anvil on Barney's head. Why not? And I just love that you've you've discovered that with your children. It makes me so happy.
1: Yes, it's it's uh, it was a pleasure for us to to experience it, and where it, it of course you see it in one episode, then it inspires you for more and more episodes. Yeah. And further, I think also someone that watched this, so we referenced this in in '93, probably watching with the children now. But even if they're not, when they see it a second time, if they you know oh. are reconfigured, it now they're seeing it on a different level and seeing a different uh, joke and getting something they didn't get previously, which is a lot of fun exactly. too, I'm sure. You know, Um, the other thing is that, again, we talked about this, but I have to have a Star Trek reference. So here we go. Uh, Go Every show is a Star Trek reference. Star Trek is one of the only shows that I know 30 years later with the original cast was still performing at a high level with the movies and so forth. It's still doing well. And uh, again, back to Animaniacs. I challenge you, I'm sure there's one or two out there, but besides those two, I'm not sure the original cast is back, let's call it 20 to 30 years later, and doing something that is just as good, if not better, than the previous incarnation. So, uh, I don't know how that makes you feel, and if that makes any sense, um, I know you're modest, but the idea is, uh, this show is just as good as ever.
3: Thank you. That well. Again, uh, it is a uh, high praise coming from someone who's a professional. It means a lot to me coming from you. Um, but I think Mr. Spielberg was very smart in hiring the same cast again for obviously I, I have you know vested interests. But if it, if you've got the, the people who can do it and it left a great taste in people's mouth, why not do it again that way? Um, I... I think that the writing staff has absolutely nailed it. They it's updated enough so that people can enjoy it in 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 the you know a modern cultural perspective that's 25 30 years later, but uh, we all still get the joke. And I I think you're right. It's pretty difficult to come up with another reboot who has done it with the same cast with a guy like Mr. Spielberg at that level again, and is enjoying unqualified success again. Um, To hear from you that it's as good or better than the original is a pretty high bar, Doug. And um, uh, it means a lot that you feel that way. So thank you.
1: Well, thank you for performing it and and, and doing it uh, because it's bringing smiles and and it's a time when we do need some. uh, And if you want more smiles in person, uh, this is going to be kind of a once in a lifetime kind of experience. Bring your kids and yourself. Enjoy uh, the creators, if you will. The original cast of Animaniacs in Washington, D.C., Westbury, New York, Montclair, New Jersey, St. Paul, Minnesota. Oh, boy. Monotoak wisconsin yeah. milwaukee wisconsin royal oak michigan cleveland ohio get on animaniacs dot com and you will get the information to buy your tickets it's uh it's it's must be rewarding when you bring pleasure to people at a live uh venue like you do and to see the crowd reaction to a live performance uh, that you don't unnecessarily get to see when you of course perform on the Animaniacs show. So tell us a smidge about what it's like to, what kind of reaction you're getting to the show.
3: Well, all of us, Maurice, Randy and myself, all come from live performance backgrounds and you're correct. Um, We crack ourselves up all the time and we know that we've got something good because we're just having a ball working with it. But you never know for sure until you hear feedback from the audience. And when you get a live show and you know, when we do that, Yakko's world with all the countries, that's our stairway to heaven. And it never ceases to make people just stand up and and freak out because look, I'm good at my job, but I live in Hollywood. You can throw a dart and hit somebody that can sing that. What you can't do is throw somebody, throw a dart and hit someone who can write that. And when you get two hours of Randy's music uh, with just over and over and over and over again, I look out at the audience uh, during the show and I see people just shaking their heads it's just one after another after another and it is so gratifying so unbelievably gratifying you see people singing the songs and often you'll see people who are getting a little bit tearful because it's a deep connection to something that was very precious to them and now they're there with their kids or they're there with their their children's grandparents and it is a remarkable thing to behold I'm I'm just privileged to be there
1: and it's a li- likewise. Get those tickets, AnimaniacsLive.com. Unfortunately, we're out of time. This has been an amazing time, and thank you so much, Rob Paulson, for spending so much time with us here on Everything Old Is New Again. Good luck with the tour. Good luck with, of course, the continuation on Hulu of Animaniacs, and of course, continued success with the book Voice, Let- Voice Lessons on Amazon.com.
3: Well, thank you, my friend, and, th- and continued success for you and Dave and all your intrinsic fancy words and and incorporated and uh, accoutrement that was Michelle put out there. Thank you, you guys so are filling it. And keep enjoying yourself.
1: You're doing a great thing. Thank you very much. All right, we'll be next week. Come on back for more pop culture entertainment on everything old is new again. Thank you, Rob also, Paulson.
0: When I grow and when I grow up, I want to be a movie maker. I want to be a dancer! Okay. Bye, everything old is new again, people. Everybody, bye, everything going be old new again
2: again. Uganda, Lesotho, and Malawi, Togo, the Spanish Sahara is gone. Niger, Nigeria, Chad, and Liberia, Egypt, Benin, Gabon, Tanzania, Somalia, Kenya, and Mali, Sierra Leone, and Algiers, Dahomey, Namibia, Senegal, Libya, Cameroon, Congo, Zaire, Ethiopia, Guinea, Bissau, Madagascar, Rwanda, Mayor, and Cayman, Hong Kong, Abu Dhabi.